You're listening to the Slice of MIT podcast, a production of the MIT Alumni Association. Rock Band is a popular video game that makes you feel like a rock star. You strum a plastic guitar, bang on drums, or belt out classic rock songs holding the toy mic. Your band gets points when you hit the right notes at the right time. And like many interactive games, people really get into it. I think when, when we saw the guy who was playing his guitar and jumped up in the air, you know, to hit the last downbeat and landed on his coffee table, which was made of glass, and then smashed right through it, but then kept on playing until the song was over, I think that's when we knew we made it. This is Iran Agosi. He and Alex Rogopoulos met at MIT and started harmonics back in the mid-90s. Not a lot of companies use a smashed coffee table as a measure of success. But in Iran's case, success is all about passion. Their mission? Help people experience making music. The company is behind Rock Band, Guitar Hero, and many other award-winning video games. But it wasn't always that easy. In this episode of the Slice of MIT podcast, Iran shares how an Apple II computer and some Beethoven got him thinking about music and tech early on. And we get some sage career advice. Oh yeah, and we listen in on a jam session on clarinet. Stay with us. That's my colleague Brielle and me, Kate, as we drag our gear into the harmonics office to meet Iran. Hello. How are you? <laughs> you mentioned good places to set up. Yeah, there's what a... You um, well, you know, I can show you around. Harmonix's office is hip. It's got a studio vibe with leather couches and a blue wall where the company's many awards are displayed. Right, so, you know, so, the, so here it's offices around the, uh, on the sides and then... Before we jump into the story of Iran and harmonics, let me back up and give you a little history. Iran is pretty passionate about music, teaching, and learning. And that really hasn't changed since he was a kid. When Iran was 15, his parents bought him an Apple II computer. He and a friend got together and decided to find a way to make the computer play back Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. Like today, if you want to enter music into a computer, there's programs that do that, and they're visual, and you, you, know, you can either play them on a keyboard, or you can draw them with a mouse, or whatever, right? So I didn't have anything like that. Now, this wasn't just one instrument of the symphony. The pair found the whole symphony score, complete with all of the different parts for the string instruments, the brass, and the woodwinds. And every day after school, they would translate the music into computer code. Every 10 seconds of the score took three to four hours to code. And I had to enter it note by note using hexadecimal code. <laughs> I was just, you know, looking at that note and then just typing. And I had the whole, my whole coding scheme memorized. But yeah, I was just typing binary data uh, in order to, to do this. I did this every day after school. It's kind of nuts. As they slowly coded the music, the computer would play back Beethoven. 
while that sounds completely trivial today, you know, back in the mid 80s, I think it was, it was kind of a cool thing to do. Sounded kind of cool though when it was done. Not every 15 year old kid is into Beethoven, but Iran had already caught the classical music bug. He started playing the clarinet when he was 12. I played all throughout high school and MIT. MIT has a fabulous music program. That kept me playing. And then after graduating from MIT, um, I uh, joined this group, Radius Ensemble, right when it was also getting started. And that's been, that's been fabulous. It's sort of kept me playing and kept me growing um, playing clarinet. How often do you play the clarinet? Oh, I play, I mean, I play every day. So I practice every day. Uh, in the mornings. When you play music in a group, there is a moment when you completely connect with your fellow musicians. Iran explains. You know, you are constantly looking around uh, each other. You're listening, you're watching body motions, you're giving cues, you're receiving cues. And if a, if a piece of chamber music is going to succeed, um, it, you have to have all that very dynamic communication happening um, on stage. You know, and you can tell when it's happening. It's really, really kind of wonderful feeling of like, oh, we are so locked in right now. That feeling of being completely in sync with your fellow musicians is also felt when you start a business. After graduating from MIT, Iran and Alex started Harmonics in 1995. In the early years of the company, Harmonics came out with a game called The Axe. Users could make on-screen instruments play music by moving around a joystick. They also developed a game where you could move your body to make an animated character travel through an obstacle course. Both games didn't really take off. Then in 2005, a hardware company named Red Octane approached Harmonix. They had an idea for a partnership around a new game that would become Guitar Hero. Red Octane would make the plastic guitars if Harmonix would build the software. It was a crazy idea, um, but we said, of course, you know, we have to do this. And it was a great partnership. You know, they, um, they, uh, they were totally behind it. Uh, we were totally behind it. You know, they, they funded the game and actually um, ended up owning the, the brand Guitar Hero um, and made the hardware. We, you know, we made the, the, all the, the game itself, you know, uh, soup to nuts. But Iran never really thought the game would take off. Uh, so, in fact, we were used to not much commercial success at all. That was sort of the norm, you know. So when we made Guitar Hero and put that out there, we sort of figured the same thing would happen. No, oh, okay, well, we just made this game and it'll sell a few units, but, you know, got to go back to the drawing board. But this time, it was different. And so, of course, we saw the numbers coming in, which were crazy. Every month, we were selling twice as many units as the previous month, and it just kept on climbing up and up. They had stumbled upon a way for people to play music and it became what Harmonix called a multi-billion dollar rhythm action franchise. Guitar Hero and then a sequel were hugely popular. After a year, Harmonix was bought by MTV and Red Octane was bought by Activision. The two companies essentially switched from being partners to competitors. Then in 2007, Harmonix came out with its own iteration on playing music, Rock Band. Their tagline, start a band, rock the world and they noticed a surprising social effect. I talked to people who, who have, have played these, these games and they said that it actually changed how they think about themselves. You know, it allowed them to experience this, this act of performing music. You know, and of course they're not really performing music, they're playing a game. 
Um, it had this great social um, experience in the living room where you had, uh, where we have cases where the entire family plays together, three generations, right? So you have the parents and their kids and their parents, the grandparents, all playing in a rock band together. Uh, people tell me that their children learned about all this great music that they loved when they were kids. You know, so some, there's people or kids today whose first exposure to the Beatles was through Beatles Rock Band. Harmonix has come out with Rock Bands 1, 2, and 3, and a special Beatles edition. They even visited Abbey Road for the release and toured with Paul McCartney as part of the game's publicity. And their latest edition, Rock Band 4, is coming out in 2015. And it's, you know, it's great that we've had this commercial success and all that. That's, I'm really glad that we've been able to influence people. But for me, it's really, I get to do this awesome thing. I get to, um, to think about how music should work in using today's technology, and that's, that's pretty awesome. And he gets to teach it. Iran is frequently at MIT to share his story and mentor students. He's actually going to be leaving Harmonix in the spring of 2016 to become a full-time professor in music technology at MIT's music department. I, you know, I still feel like I'm the same kid that was kind of back there at MIT. Um, I love hanging out with the students now. You know, we're, um, I'm teaching them, but I kind of, you know, I don't feel that different from them in some sense. You know, yeah, they're, you know, they're younger and less experienced, but they, you know, they have this awesome um, sort of you know, sparkle in their eye, and I think I had that too. This past spring, Iran led a course called Interactive Music Systems. The most recent assignment was create a, a virtual harp using the Kinect. So the Kinect is a spatial sensor where um, it can uh, tell that there's a person in front of it, and it can also create what's known as a skeleton uh, to, to match what the person is doing. So, for example, you can tell that my hand is in front of the sensor in three dimensions. So the assignment was, given that you know where your hand position is, make a harp so you can swing your hand back and forth and make harp sounds. One student made a 2D harp that you could play by swinging your arms up and down and side to side. Another made a harp that plucked loud and soft based on how close your hand was to the sensor. When I was at MIT as an undergrad, I remember certain moments where uh, people would help me out. And not that they didn't have to, you know, but, but they did. And, and there's this wonderful environment where um, you can, you receive, uh, but then I think what you need to do in order to sustain it is to give back. The wonderful thing about teaching this class now is that I get to talk about, you know, really interesting details and specifics about how harmonics created all the products that we've created. You know, what were some of the gotchas, what, are, what were the design decisions and, and considerations. Um, so it's, it's fun to give back in that way as well. While Iran was at MIT, one of his professors played that role for him. Iran worked on a research project under Tom Knight in the Electrical Engineering and Computer Science Department for several years. And over time, he realized the research just wasn't that interesting to him anymore. But it, it was fine, it just, I just didn't feel really passionate about it. And just on a lark, I asked my professor um, what he thought, was there maybe something else I should try? And he said, oh yeah, you should go to the Media Lab, because they're doing some cool things over there with computers and music. And that tiny little shift put him back on the right path. And the difference between how I felt about what I was doing was so um, vast between the first one and the second one. But of course, without the second experience, I didn't know that I wasn't really satisfied with the first experience. 
So Iran believes the key to career success is passion. If someone watching this is doing something or is thinking about a particular career and they're not really psyched and they might not know why, it's time to explore. You have to go and, and see what else is out there. Because you might actually find that you like what you're doing, but you might find that there's something else that's, you know, that you're more excited about. I think that we're, we're so much more productive and, and can have a larger influence on society if the thing that we're working on is the thing that we're really passionate about. Um, it's not always easy to find what that is, but until you found it, I think you have to keep looking. What are you passionate about? Tweet us your thoughts on this episode to at MIT underscore alumni, A-L-U-M-N-I. Thanks to Iran for sharing his stories and giving us a concert for this episode. If you want to hear more surprising, insightful, and quirky stories from the MIT community, subscribe to the Slice of MIT podcast on iTunes. Let us know what you think. Please rate the podcast and leave us a review. We'll be back next month with another episode of the Slice of MIT podcast. In the meantime, check out our website at slice.mit.edu. Thanks for listening. Today's episode of the Slice of MIT podcast is produced in association with the MIT Alumni Leadership Conference. If you're an MIT alumnus, come back to campus on September 25th and 26th to learn how to get more involved with MIT. ALC is open to experienced and new MIT volunteers. Register at alc.mit.edu.